I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hi, how you doing? I am doing pretty good. Here it is, week four of the Best News Podcast. This is our fourth episode. Are you, um, are you feeling inspired? Are you feeling good are you ready to do this yes i'm 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 ready the fourth week of this podcast also means it's the fourth and final week of dry january so <laughs> i'm just really happy to be here <laughs> i believe we started things uh with you talking about dry january and me saying yes i am also engaging in dry yes. january then somewhere along the way i got a little a little damp, as I said. So uh, maybe I needed to bring out the dry February or something. But you, no. you have put in your time yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> are going to be really enjoying yourself here. Now, listen, this show is called The Best News Podcast. It's really about good news and things. So I don't want to start off on any kind of negative foot. No. But we did get one email oh, no. to our new email account. <laughs> She's Louise. Bestnews at livewirereradio.org. We received exactly one email this week, Elena, uh, based on last week's show, and it was someone named Brett. Hey, Brett. Wondering uh, how it is that Key West is considered part of the continental or contiguous United States. We were talking about this um, kind of buoy that marks the mm -hmm. southernmost point in the contiguous United States. That would be the parts of the United States that are connected. And uh, that it had been defaced in Key West, but luckily they caught the people who did it because those people were bad tippers. So this was a good news <laughs> story, story because we were we were widening the uh, the reach of the message that you should tip well or you will have bad karma. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Brett is wondering how it is that Key West can be counted as part of the contiguous United States. And I would just – well, first of all, I looked this up on Wikipedia to make sure that we were oh, not Oh, well, Wikipedia, wrong. then you know it's going to be true. <laughs> there are – there is something like, listen, we don't have a research budget on this program. My Elena, so. kid brother, when he was an actual kid, went into Wikipedia and changed the biological facts of the duckbill platypus so that he wouldn't be proven wrong by his friends. So before you cite Wikipedia as a college professor, let me please tell you, and as the, the <laughs> sister of Nick Passarello, let me tell you, there are other sources... <laughs> 
that you can consult. <laughs> How did the truth come out that your brother had done this incredibly elaborate ruse? He told me. Uh, I don't know if his friends know about it. And now I do believe that there are a few checks and measures because I tried to change the collective noun for muskrats once uh, to win a Twitter bet, but uh, to an exness of muskrats. It's a long story. <laughs> um, and they wouldn't, they kept it up for a second. I got a screenshot of it, but then they took it down. So, Isn't it a Captain and Tennille of muskrats? That's what I think it should be. Yeah, right. You've, you've written extensive. I feel like you have really written mm-hmm. the treatise on muskrat uh, and muskrat naming based on that song. Wasn't that part of your essay contest that you enter every year? <laughs> that was why I tried to change it. It's called March Xness, and so I tried to change the collective noun to an Xness of muskrats because I thought it might ah. show more team spirit and get me more gotcha. votes, etc. But yeah. So what did Wikipedia, the great source, uh, the undeniably <laughs> reliable source of Wikipedia tell you? It said that, yes, in fact, Key West is considered part of the contiguous United States because it is connected to the land in Florida by a it's something it's like 40 or 50 bridges, Correct. which is true. I've driven I've driven that long stretch of, of highway from uh, like Miami down to mm-hmm. Key West. It's actually very cool because people will just put out coconuts. There'll be a little table with a bunch of coconuts and then a box. And mm. if you want a coconut, you just throw a dollar in the box. Very Margaritaville. Very, yeah, real <laughs> very strong changes in latitude. I feel like it's Key West, Florida, and the state of Florida, which has right. many islands, keys, archipelagos, peninsulas. It is itself a peninsula. Is part of the contiguous United States. So any island or you know, uh, non necessarily one hundred percent connected landmass to any of the forty eight contiguous states. Well, exactly. What I would say to Brett is, have you heard of Manhattan? Right. Exactamundo. We consider Manhattan to be part of the contiguous United States, and yet it is actually technically an island. It's mm-hmm. it's barely hanging on based on the series of bridges that are surrounding it, but it is part of the United States. So if Manhattan is part of the contiguous United States, I feel like Key West should be as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Good. Settled. What's good in your life this week, Elena? Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Big relief. Okay, so I'm walking around listening to my news podcast where I learn about all the news. It makes me walk fast because I can't wait to get home and stop <laughs> and listening to my news podcast. And I keep on hearing all this stuff about the chip shortage, like, and how it's just terrible and, mm-hmm. and how it's like the end is not in sight and all of these things that it's doing for, you know, the ability to get chips to the places that need them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is this is really when it's I'm going to lose it. Like this is this is this is going to be the part of this larger two and a half year explosion experiment where I finally feel affected. And then, right. but when the podcast was over, I realized that they were talking about microchips, which apparently oh. go in like cars and stuff. There, and then the last, last yeah. time I was at the grocery store, plenty of lays. Wrinkled, mm-hmm. not wrinkled. What do they call it? <laughs> wrinkled, <chip>. ridged, <laughs> ridged. You got your ruffles yeah. with the wrinkles. By the way, that was their second idea for their catchphrase. Ruffles has wrinkles. <laughs> Rinky, wrinkly ruffles. No. It just didn't quite test as well with the focus group. I'm not even joking, though. I literally thought that they were talking about it was like the toilet paper shortage. That, like I was, and and the amount of panic that I felt. <laughs> I mean, money can't buy you love, but money can buy you yeah. potato chips. And I love potato chips. I love them. More. Do you have a particular favorite brand or flavor? There's an Oregon-made kettle chip 
brand that I don't mm -hmm. know what they're called, but they come in kind of like a brown bag. Those are the healthy chips. Whenever they're in a bag that's kind of brown. a little bit brownish and kind of seems natural, I'm like, those. that's health yeah. chips yeah. to me. I, I, I only have health chips, and I like the New York cheddar variety and or the jalapeno variety, depending on the flavor profile of the sandwich I am pairing the chips with. I only eat yes. the sandwich so I can have the chips, though. That's like I only eat Oreos so I can have a big slug of cold milk. Mm. Like I like Oreos fine, but having a mm. large glass of cold milk after the Oreos, that's, I mean, that's the whole point of the endeavor for me. Yeah, and uh, Oreos without milk is just like, what are you doing? You know, you're asking for a, a choking hazard is really what you're doing. Well, I'm glad that you're the, the, the chip supply line remains. What a relief. <laughs> smooth for you, Passarello. Best news for my week is I finally got that John Prine tattoo. You did? That I've been. Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah. This is it's don't worry, listeners. It's on my arm. It's not anywhere. Kind of. I'm going to lean into Zoom here. We have to see a black T-shirt. Kind of oh, my God. Oh, it's younger John Prine with the 80s haircut and the, the mustache with a little bitty teeny flavor yeah. saver right under the lip. Yes. I feel like it's a look only 1980s John Prine can pull off. I, that looks great. Could you show it again? Yeah, sure. I want to so see his done. expression. Like what? Do, he's looking. Okay. He's looking right at me, but he's got big brown eyes. He's wearing a sweater. That's wonderful. You know, it's the cover of this album, Bruised Orange. Uh -huh. And I think I've talked about this on the radio show possibly, but the reason I wanted to get that picture of John Prine, well, one, I'm just a huge fan of John Prine's. And two, there's a great song on that album. That's the way the world goes round. It's very inspirational to me because, you know, he has the line, it's a half an inch of water. You think you're going to drown. That's the way the world goes round. And I thought that'd be a good reminder to me that a lot of times, if I think I'm going to drown, uh, it's probably half an inch of water. Another piece of good news for my life, upside of the mask, uh -huh. you can grit your teeth and <laughs> wince <laughs> when you're getting a John Prine tattoo and no one will know you're doing it. This is the most involved tattoo I've ever gotten. It took a while. The guy did an amazing job. There was like a eight-month wait to get in to see this person, but it was not super comfortable because of the photorealism and because it's yeah not, it's, and i he has a lot of hair i wish john pine <laughs> would have had less hair in the 80s because his hair was black and bushy and the doing of the hair really kind of hurt and so i was under the mask i was like oh, oh, but but they couldn't nobody could see in the tattoo shop that i was that i was but then they gotta move absolutely. on to the facial hair so it's not just head hair he's got eyebrows and the gigantic flavor saver like you said <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm happy now that it's done, but it was a bit of an arduous process. But luckily, my um my shame was hidden. <laughs> my shame of how low my pain threshold it was hidden under the mask. Okay, last question though. When you're getting, I have no tattoos, so I have a million questions. When you're getting mm -hmm. an arm tattoo, did you figure out the average length of your sleeves so that it would poke out? Like, how do you know? Well, this is why you go to a tattoo artist who really knows their stuff hmm. because. This tattoo artist I worked with, what he was really keyed in on was the muscle groups of the arm. Huh. Like I wanted to get it lower on my arm to where it was almost going into like my elbow, yeah. the crook of my elbow. He was like, do not do that. It will make John Prine look weird. Because your muscles. Just because of the way it's, you know, the sort of the, um, you know, the, the muscle groups and what muscles do over time as we age and how they separate. And uh. so he was really like looking at the, I mean, in as much as I have any muscles in my arm that are discernible, he was, look <laughs> he was looking at them and he was uh, kind of saying, you're going to want it to be between these two things because you don't realize it. But like when you're just reaching for something, your muscles in your arm are doing all kinds of stuff and 
moving. He didn't want like John Prine to have a tick right. or some or kind like of a, a weird thing that was unexp- <laughs> unexpected until I started moving my arms and he started doing something kind of funky. So anyway, I am, I'm, I'm very happy that I got it, uh, even though it was kind of painful. But now it's healing and, uh, and, and I'm ready to go forward in my life. And it's gorgeous. Never worrying again. Because I will always remember that it's only half an inch of water. Unless I fall in an actually deep amount of water and I really do need to panic. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, the tattoo will not be helping me. But for many other things, I feel like the tattoo maybe will help me maintain a certain amount of uh, chill. All right, let's talk about the news from the wider world. Elena, what's the best news that you're seeing out there in Newsland? Not much wider this week for me. But uh, I feel like this is should be a national news event, so I'm just going to go with it. Uh, right. One of the best, best, absolute best things about my other job, being a professor, especially being a professor in a graduate program, is you get to build these long-term relationships with amazing people. You know, because you, if you get a grad student, you have them for one year, for two years. Sometimes they stick around. (laughs) And it's even better, you know, they come, they move here and they bring their families and you get to know their families sometimes. And one of my current students brought his dog. He's a second year, so he's working on his thesis. His name is Jay, the dog, not the, I mean the person, not the dog. (laughs) But I met him a year ago and the first time I met him, he introduced me to his dog, Millhouse the Pug. At the time, Milhouse was a 12-year-old and cute as a button. Um, he, something, uh, you know, an older pug sort of has that wonderful kind of grizzled uh, little muzzle. Yes. They get a little gray around the around the face. A salt and pepper pug. And then also um, just, you know, one of the best things about him is his little tongue is always hanging out, sometimes all the way down to his chin, sometimes in between the two. He also, when I met him, had, had his wheels attached because uh, he has paralysis in the back of his legs. So he walks with one of those wheeled carts mm-hmm. and just trucks down the street and basically is the best friend of everyone he meets. He's a great dog. Um, his 13th birthday was last week and, um, Jay, my student and his wife, Adi threw him a bar mitzvah or (laughs) as they called it, a bark mitzvah. And he's got a little yarmulke on, on his Instagram account, Millhouse the Pug, a little kind of robe, you know, that you wear. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you a little picture of of Millhouse. Let's see. I'll, I'll zoom in for you. There he is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they didn't have a Torah, a Torah in the house. So I think he read like Lord of the Rings. Like they just put him in front of like a giant, the biggest book that they could find in the house. And he got a cake made out of salmon because he's 13, which is not uh, everything has to be content, right? Like I have to tell my brain this because huh. the, kind of world that we live in now and also the shows that we do, Elena, it's like you're always thinking that could go viral. But honestly, that could go viral. They need to, if that's not yeah. already out there on the internet, I feel like that would really brighten some days. Oh, that is yeah. The funny, that is the funniest picture that I have seen in Millhouse like the Pug, year. one word, America. Uh, I believe he is part of the larger Pug Insta community. So he does have some fans, but... Mm-hmm. Um, now that he's a man, officially, mm-hmm. I, I think that the, really the sky's the limit for him. And so mazel mazel to Millhouse the Pug. Um, my cat, Columbo, is going to turn 13 in April. Did it inspire you? Well, I brought it up to David, my partner, who is Jewish. And he was like, no, Columbo's not Jewish. 
<laughs> so I guess there's nothing in store for him. I don't know. And then I showed him Millhouse. He was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that guy needs a bar mitzvah, a bark mitzvah. Pardon me. That <laughs> is great. I love Can you text me that picture, please? I just want to like, look at that picture. When the John Prine tattoo isn't working, I want to look at that picture so I could feel well, you, better. Well, you have another arm, Burbank. So, you know. Well, now that raises an interesting question, though, like, do you need to get permission from someone or, or from a family if you want to get a tattoo of their animal just randomly on your arm? Uh, can you just go around, can one go around doing that or should I get their permission? Because that's, you know, that's, that's a their great beloved question. pet. I mean, I'm sure it would be granted in this case, but in general, that's a real thinker. The good news is we have about eight to nine months to, to solve this because that's the waiting list for the tattoo oh, right. guy that I go to now. So <laughs> it's going to be a while before I can get Millhouse on my left gun. The next one should be someone with someone or thing with limited hair, it sounds like. So maybe. A hundred percent. Probably Telly Savalas, I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> is he the is Telly the Savals the most famous hairless person that we, you and I can think of? Mr. Clean, I guess. Guy, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Clean. Yeah. We got to update our references. I know. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Love ship, baby. Well, I'll tell you. I don't know if Telly Savalas is, uh, you know, if Kojak is making a comeback, <laughs> but you know what has made a full on comeback is the, the mullet. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. This hairstyle, which was. So prominent in my youth and then mercifully went away and now it is back. But there is a good story. I have a best news story related to the mullet. It involves a family in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Okay. They have an 11-year-old kid named Alan. They're the Baltz family. Alan and his sister, Alice, were super bored during the <laughs> pandemic, as a lot of kids were. And so their parents, one day, their parents are Derek and Leslie, just to literally come up with something to do in the Baltz household in Jonesboro, said, well, what if we just all do weird stuff to our hair or our <laughs> facial hair? So, like, um, Leslie dyed her hair a kind of an interesting color, and I think Alice did something similar. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek, the dad, shaved his beard into, like, a silly mustache. And Alan, the 11-year-old kid, was trying to figure out what to do, and he decided to cut his hair or have his hair cut into a mullet. Yes. And then he really started liking it. And everywhere he would go, people would say, love the hair. Mm. It became kind of his sort of, you know, like a statement piece for him to the point where he would then have Leslie take him to have the mullet permed <gasps> to add to the kind of ferocity of it. Wow. He, he would then get, I guess his dad had some of those kind of like Oakley sort of wraparound <laughs> sunglasses for when he was cycling, but now... Alan is just like wearing the Oakleys <laughs> at all times with his permed mullet. He's 11. <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's just going around Jonesboro doing this. <laughs> it became like kind of his whole identity. And then he found out about something called the USA Mullet Championships. Oh, my God. Okay. And this is a contest to find the best mullet. I believe it's in different age categories, maybe. The best mullet in America. And he decided to enter... Um, because he knew he could win it because he did. And I've seen a picture of this. It, it almost rivals Millhouse the Pug in terms of <laughs> how visually interesting it is. But he, he was pretty convinced he could win because of how great his mullet was. But this is what <laughs> the cool part of the story was. It's $2,500 if you win the USA Mullet Championship, apparently. Wow. In the juniors division. What? <laughs> juniors division. I don't know if they call it that. I just made that up because it sounds official. <laughs> he said to his mom, though, I, if I win this, I win the $2,500, I want to donate the money to programs that help foster kids. Oh. And the reason is because he and his sister are both themselves. They were in the foster care system. 
And when they were four years old, these little twins, Derek and Leslie, adopted them. Well, they, they took them in first as fosters, and then they eventually, you know, uh, made the decision to adopt them, and they were able to do that. So this is the Balls family now. Wow. So this kid is obviously very um, connected to that idea. And, you know, he's going to get this $2,500 if he wins, and he doesn't want to go buy, a, like, a, a Nintendo or an Atari. Do they make Atari? A ColecoVision. <laughs> he doesn't want to buy a Texas Instrument. <laughs> A uh, speak and spell. <laughs> a Telly Savalas graphing calculator. <laughs> that might be the title of this episode. The Telly Savalas. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> Radical numbers. That's the closest I can get to making a math joke. I know. You know what you would do? <laughs> no, but most kids, when you get, you know, if you have the chance to win twenty five hundred dollars, you got a lot of things you could spend that twenty five hundred dollars on. And this guy, Alan wanted to donate it to uh, foster care programs. And not only did he win, but because of the attention that this started to get, particularly in like the Jonesboro community, other people started donating to the cause. And so they raised an additional (gasps) $4,500 for foster kids. Oh my gosh. uh, I'm doing that math right off the top of my head. I think that was around $7,000 that this kid (laughs) raised for foster care with his thunderous mullet or his ape drape. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Or his Tennessee top hat. His business in the front, party in the back. His achy, breaky, big mistakey. That's right. That's number one on the list. I went to the internet and asked for oh, some, you did? some names for the mullet. Uh, of course, you have the Camaro crash helmet, the, the El Camino headrest. Love it. The Canadian passport. Oh, wow. Every, oh, they're all getting it. Everybody's getting it. Tennessee, Canada. The Wisconsin waterfall. That's what. That's why I felt like we can we can read this list because it, it's Basically equally every state. offensive to everyone in the Livewire listening community. The Oregon, oh no. <laughs> the North Carolina neck warmer. I don't know if you said this one already, but the famous, of course, the Kentucky waterfall. Oh, no. Also, that's a classic. So... Yeah, that's the best news that I heard. Little Alan Balls out there. If you want, again, if you if you Google this kid's name, gaze upon this mullet if you need something <laughs> to really brighten up uh, your week. Another tattoo option for you, too, my friend. Let's not forget. I'm running out of body, Elena, you know, with all these amazing <laughs> tattoo ideas that you're, you're proposing. You're like a race car. You're running out of ad space. <laughs> I mean, like, you know those jackets that were in style a couple of years ago that were from racing? Mm-hmm. I think they're from NASCAR where they just have a thousand little, you know, mm-hmm. kind of patches and things on them. I always thought that is quite a scam when you trick someone into paying $300 to wear a Pennzoil ad. Yeah. Like that's really yeah, well amazing they were able to pull that off. Hey, um, just a heads up on what we're doing on the radio show this week. We are celebrating Black History Month with uh, some conversations with some really incredible scholars and artists, uh, including Hanif Abdul-Rakib. We're going to talk to him about his new book, A Little Devil in America where he talks about the cultural and historical impact of black performance. Even as we've been recording this show, Hanif has won another, (laughs) some kind of literary award for either this book or his podcast or who knows what. I mean, the guy is just incredible and he is being richly rewarded in terms of all the awards he's been getting lately. So definitely tune in for that. We're also going to talk to Clint Smith. He's a staff writer at The Atlantic and he has a book out, How the Word is Passed, which takes a look at a lot of uh, historical places, you know, from Angola prison all the way to Wall Street, places that have historical uh, relationship with slavery. And he takes a look at that, talks about slavery and, and the reckoning that we need to have in this country with really what happened. Then we also have some music from Melanie Charles. She's got a, an album out called 
Y'all don't really care about black women. It is uh, an amazing and we think a pretty important and powerful show. So tune in this week for that on Livewire. All right, that's going to do it for the fourth installment of the Best News Podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. And thanks to our team. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Special thanks to our intern, Jonas Myers. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. Again, thank you to all of you for tuning in. We will be back here next week with another episode of the Best News Podcast. Until then, enjoy yourselves and go out and just have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. Podcast.